Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, just before we get into the Word of God, can I just mention New Zealand and beyond for a few moments? Uh, we should all have bumper stickers for those that are signed up and registered. So make sure, uh, put one across our campuses on your uh, car, on the back there somewhere. Make sure people see it as you travel around. I was uh, recently in um, Taupo, Taupo, actually is how you say it, Taupo. All right, let's get that right going on screen here. Uh, just for Thursday, uh, Friday and Saturday, boy, they work you hard down there. Six, six sessions, I think I did, or seven sessions in just a couple of days. And you might say, why, do, why should I go down there? They've got about 50 people coming to church, to New Zealand and Beyond Conference. And you're talking about a church of maybe 150 people. And so one third of them, and they think they're going to get more. So they could be bringing 60 people or, or more. So, hey, isn't it interesting? Isn't it exciting that churches across our nation, are, they're catching the vision. And you know what they love about it is that it's got a kingdom vision. This is to build, I keep telling them, this is not to build Church Unlimited. This is to build the kingdom of God in New Zealand to increase the number of Christians across the land. When I start talking to pastors and churches about that, they get really excited. Then we tell them we're a champion for unity and body of the body of Christ, and they get excited about that as well. So it's great. Father, as we come to your word this morning, Holy Spirit, we're asking that you would speak to us. God, we need to hear your voice. We so desperately need a word from God. A word from your throne. Lord, in the multitude of things that I say and share and scriptures I might refer to, Lord, in the midst of it all, there's a word for every person in this place that's going to shift them forward. They're going to shift them towards breakthrough. It's going to shift them towards a deeper walk and relationship with you, Father. It's going to shift them to greater success and achievement in life. So God, we open our hearts and our spirits, Lord, to you this morning. God, cause us, each and every one, to tune in, not to the voice of a man, but to the voice, that wonderful voice of the Holy Spirit. God, you so want to speak to every person here today, desperately, across campuses. Give us ears to hear. Minds to concentrate and hearts to receive. Lord, one of the greatest gifts of all, the voice of heaven to us personally. Lord, it blows our minds. We ask in Jesus' name. Everyone said? We've been looking at Joshua chapter 3 and verse 5. Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow I will do wonders among you. It's an incredible verse. Whenever God wants to do something astounding, something new, something fresh in your life, He precedes it with a call to greater surrender. It's like the surrender positions you for the more that God wants to give you. Sometimes God's given people more and more and more without surrender. It's actually destroyed them. They haven't been able to handle the level of blessing uh, that God has given, and that's actually taken them off track. For example, if you've not surrendered to God in the area of finances and God richly blesses your finances, there's a good chance you're going to go off track, spend your money on the wrong things and, you know, wander off pursuing money and it becomes an idol in your life. So sometimes God brings us to a surrender first before He can do something fresh and new in our lives. And as you know, it's, this has been a recurring theme 
over the last month, not just from myself, but guest speakers have been <coughs> similar in talking about a fresh call to surrender. And it's really exciting because God's basically saying to you and to me, I've got so much more for you. And so I want you to position yourself uh, to get the, so much more. And this is a key way into it is surrender. See, surrender is really giving God his rightful place in our lives. Um, you know, above all other affections, other loves, other desires, over all our other ambitions, over everything else in our life, giving God his rightful place. And that, that's really impacted me of late. God's saying, you know, so I know there's surrender and all the rest of it, but God is saying, will you give me my rightful place in your life? Where I really belong on the throne of your heart? And it's, it's really inspired me and it's challenged me and encouraged me. Do you know that one of the names of God is Jealous? We always think, oh, I just, she's, just a, she's just a jealous person. He's just a jealous person. They need to get, get, get it together, get their lives sorted out. But, you know, God is jealous. The New Living Translation of Exodus 34, 14 puts it this way. You must worship no other gods, for the Lord whose very name is Jealous is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. Isn't that amazing? God's jealous, you know, for all your affections. He really is a, a jealous lover. And if you read through the Old Testament, you see God suffering the pain and the sorrow and the heartbreak of being a jilted lover as his people go after other gods. And, and you read God exposing his heart and incredible way, in a way that most of us would hide, you know, like, we're not going to let people know how jealous and wounded we are, because we, we kind of want to cover that up, but not God. He exposes his heart, and he says, I'm broken. I'm broken hearted because you've gone after other things. I'm not the first affection in your life. You've got other loves, and I don't want to share you with anyone else. So it is really incredible like, that God is, is a real jealous Lover. <clears throat> well, on that note, we want to welcome in this morning across the nation's Church Unlimited, Sydney, Rotorua, Whangarei, and Kaitaia. Over my holiday break, one of the most powerful times of prayer I had. God uh, took me by surprise. He really did. I was praying about some areas that have dogged me for years, personal areas. that I wanted breakthrough in and just struggled to get it and uh, still wanting it, things that bother me. And I know that God wants to give me a breakthrough in these areas. And, uh, but as I was praying in some of these areas, God led me in a, what felt like an unusual direction of how to pray. And I was fairly amped up praying for God to work miracles in some of these areas of my life. There were particularly three that I was focusing in on. There's plenty of others, by the way, but they're the three big ones. I know some of you don't have any problems in your lives, so hey, God bless you. But just bear with this struggling pastor up here. All right. And uh, as I prayed, the Holy Spirit directed me to lift up the sun. 
Jesus. To exalt Him. To magnify Him. And place Him at the highest part or place in my life. It was an unusual experience. I mean, I know we pray this and we sing this, but I was just praying when I said, God, I just, I just lift you up in my life to the highest possible place. Lord, as best I can, I want you to be Lord of everything in my life. I want you on the throne of my heart. I, I magnify you. I, and, you know, I, I didn't even fully know how to pray, but the Spirit of God, I know, was, was on me. And uh, it, it was something of, you know, I prayed that more than ever before. And it was really strong. And then after a while, after praying that for a little while, this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He made it clear that as I lifted up the sun to the highest place in my life, God will pull down the serpent and his work in my life. As I lifted up the sun, exalted him to the highest place, as I made him Lord in every dimension of my life as I possibly could, and of course, a long way to go, God is saying, I will, in, in return, I will pull down the works of the enemy in your life and bring you some breakthroughs. So really God was saying, if you will surrender, it's what it came down to, more to me, give me first place, you will see more of my power and you will see more breakthroughs in your life. And it's interesting, that prayer started about, oh, it must be eight weeks ago. And you know, to this day, I can start praying it now and the Spirit will still be there. The anointing will still be upon me because it's inspired by God. It's inspired by heaven. It's a strategy for this season now. It may change in weeks and months to come. I don't know how long it will last, but you know, like Jericho took a shout. God is saying right now, it's going to take lifting me in praise and however you do it with words to the highest place. And that's going to be the key to your breakthrough. And I'm here to say, I have seen some significant results and breakthroughs as a result of going through and being led by the Spirit in my prayers. So it was really uh, very, very exciting. See, the more we lift up the sun in our lives to His rightful place, the more we're going to pull down His activities. Uh, we're going to more, more we'll pull down the serpent in our lives. It's all about surrender. Surrender yourself, sanctify yourself, and tomorrow you will see wonders. One way of increasing our surrender and lifting God higher in our lives is to go deeper in our praise and our worship. You know what worship actually means? And we've just been doing it. It actually means to bow down, to prostrate yourself, to hold an awe. It's actually all about surrender. That's what real worship is. Real praise is about surrender. It's not just singing songs, because that can become very rote. You know, you can do it. You can sing most of the songs without even looking at the words. You can sing them without even thinking for a moment about what you're singing. How do I know that? Because I do it myself. I get caught in that myself. I'm thinking about something else. And so it's almost like we're singing the songs, but there's no heart sometimes, not always, sometimes there's no heart behind it. And sometimes I think when I'm singing away and my mind's, you know, working out some problem for next week, I wonder what God thinks. I wonder what He actually thinks. You know, you imagine you talking to a friend of yours 
and they know there's absolutely no sincerity in what you're saying. You know, I really love you. You're really precious to me. You know, oh man, you're the best thing in my life. And you know, you're taking notes and looking at your phone, whatever you might be doing. You'd be pretty, who reckons that's pretty insulting? We do it all, I do it all the time. God forgive me, all right? I know you guys don't do it, but hey, I'm guilty of that one. And uh, so we need to concentrate and exalt God to the highest place. And as you do, what you're actually doing is you're growing in surrender. You know, when you sing some of those songs, most of them are surrender songs. So when I was thinking about this, and when you surrender, you're positioning yourself for miracles and to see wonders. As I was putting this message together, I wrote this down. Make it a goal to grow in your ability and the depth at which you praise and worship God each week. Make it a goal. So you want to say in six months from now, which is somewhere around September, you're going to say, wow, my, my praise, my worship on a, let's just stick with a Sunday morning or Sunday night, is actually deeper and stronger than it was six months ago. Because, you know, it is possible that your praise and your worship today is pretty similar to what it was five years ago. Imagine practicing something that much and not developing and growing in it. And this was a real challenge to me. I thought, you need to take this on board yourself. Stop telling everyone else about it. Why don't you do it yourself? It's a, ch- it's a good challenge, isn't it? And Because you can grow in this thing. You can go deeper. And the reason you want to go deeper, well, one, to love God more, but also you're going to position yourself to see greater miracles. Psalm 21 verse 3 says, You are enthroned in the praises of Israel. See, the presence of kingdom power is connected to praise, to lifting up the sun. You know, he is, he is enthroned. God's enthroned. It's like when we praise Him, God comes and enthrones Himself in your life, in your circumstances, in your situations. And uh, when we do that, it's, it's uh, one way we can bring the power of God and breakthrough. See, it's possible to be a person of prayer and not a person of praise. It is possible. Hey, you want to be a person of both. But you see, prayer can be, now it isn't always, but prayer can be all about me, meet my needs, bless me, do this, do that. Is that right? But praise is all about God. And as Jesus is enthroned in our praises, Satan is dethroned in the heavenlies. There was a mother and daughter that were living in hell, absolute hell, for a long, long time because of an alcoholic father. He'd come home in drunken rages. He had beat the mother, chased the daughter with the belt. 30 years of struggle. 30 years. That's a long time. Well, the daughter got saved at the age of 25. And with the mother, they began to pray together for the father. Thought the power of two praying would make a difference. He got worse. After five years of praying, he got worse. You need a strategy. And in God, they heard a message like this about if you lift up the sun in praise, God will pull down the serpent. They thought, well, let's do this. So they lifted up the sun. They exalted him. That day, everyone say that day. Remember, they've prayed 30 years. No result. That day, the husband comes home sober for the first time in 30 years. And he says, thank you. He attempted clap. Appreciate it a lot. I know in the campuses, they're all clapping like crazy. I just can't hear you. Thank you, campuses. That's awesome. Appreciate it a lot. All right. So he said this. Husband, 
or the father. He said, I was walking down the street. Watch this. This is drunkard for 30 years. This is what God can do. And he said, uh, a hand came down on my head. He said, I was scared stiff because I knew it had to be God. He kept his hand on me and he would not let it go. I knew he was telling me to kneel and pray, so I found a place between two buildings, knelt down. He said, my whole life came in front of me. I felt so sick, I wanted to vomit. The more I prayed, the happier I got. And he's never touched a drink since that day. Strategy. Strategy. See, this Christianity is not just formulas. That's why you've got to stay connected to God. You've got to hear His voice. You've got to know what He's saying. And then He can give you the strategy in any given situation. And so, sorry, campuses, you probably won't be here tonight, but we're going to focus on this in our evening service, and we're going to lift up the sun, and there will be breakthroughs. There will be answers. God will do some amazing things. So let's go to Luke 11, verse 2. It says, when you pray, say, this is how Jesus taught them to pray. How did he say? He said, how do you pray? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus teaches us to what pray, the way to pray and the way to see his kingdom come into a situation. He says, you start with hallowed be thy name. In other words, you start by lifting up the sun. You start by lifting up God. You start with adoration. You magnify Him. You surrender to Him. You exalt Him to the highest place. And as you do, it, one thing it does is increases your faith because the more you focus on God, the more your faith will grow. And faith is a trigger that releases divine power. So, you know, when you sing a song like, How Great Is Our God from Your Heart, what does it do? It lifts your faith straight away. You exalt the Son. Your faith is increased. That's a trigger releases divine power. Next thing you know, you've got a miracle. This is how you pray. You start with adoration. You don't start with, my name is Jimmy, gimme, gimme, gimme. No, no, you start with praise. <laughs> you start with lifting up the sun. You say, God, I exalt you. You're the Lord of my life. I love you, Jesus. I enthrone you. You're my master. You're my savior. You're my God. You're my king. You're my Lord. God, you're my everything. You're the lover of my soul. And I love you in return. You lift up the sun, and something is going to start happening in your life. Because that's how Jesus said to pray. The more we lift him up, the better it's going to get. And sometimes, <laughs> you never thought you'd hear this from my lips, sometimes you have to stop praying and start praising. Especially when you already have a promise from God. When God has said it, there's power in it to bring it to pass. See, prayer is asking God to do something, future tense. Praise is believing God has already done it, past tense. We've got to move from future tense to past tense. You don't need much faith for something to happen three years' time. You need faith for something to happen now. And praise is faith. Praise is saying, God, thank you for what you have already done in my life. In that sense, praise can be a higher level of faith than even prayer. A couple had a promise from God that they were going to have a baby. They prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for years, prayed for about three years. Nothing happened. After about three years, they realized they needed to change their prayers. God had given them a promise, so they thought, actually, we need to actually thank God for the promise because in the promise is the power to perform it. 
So they began to praise. They began to say, God, thank you for the children. Thank you for blessing us. I think they ended up with about half a dozen. Careful how you pray. Don't praise too loud. End up with more than you want. Actually, some of them were adopted. So anyway, they ended up with a whole stack of them, which was great. I read this. We don't just have to pray through. Sometimes we have to praise through. Tonight, we're going to praise through. <laughs> we're going to praise through. And we're going to get that victory. We're going to bring those demons down. We're going to crush those serpents. And we're going to see something good happen as we, we've prayed through a lot. But we're going to praise. It's, tonight's going to be a focus on, should be an hour of praise instead of an hour of prayer, an hour of praise power. So all our campuses, listen for a moment. God has given us exceedingly great and wonderful promises. The promises He has given us, like for example, let me give you some of them. Lord of mighty breakthroughs, supernatural vocation, begin to expect miracles in the marketplace, acceleration of expansion. This place is too small. There's a second wind coming. We need to start praising God for the answers because He's given the promise. I think we need to praise through and see the results take place because that's another dimension of faith. If we keep praying, we need to pray as well, but I think we need to lift it to another place. We need to praise more on whatever promises God has given you as well. I'm not saying stop praying, but I'm saying ramp up the praising and lift up the sun and pull down the serpents. Okay, Joshua 6, 1 to 5. Let's go there. Joshua 6, this is the walls of Jericho. Now, Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. The Lord said to Joshua, see, I've given Jericho into your hand. There's the promise. It's yours. Not I will give it into your hand. I have, I have given it. This place is too small. Acceleration of expansion. Lord of breakthroughs. The promise is there. It's done. Given Jericho into your hand, it's king and the mighty men of valor. You should march around the city. Here's the strategy. All, this you, uh, all you men of war, and you should go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And the seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the ark. But the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with their ram's horns. When you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. I'd suggest a shout of praise. I'm not sure what it was, but that's what I want to suggest. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people should go up, every man straight before him. That's exactly what they did, and they saw a great victory. It's time for the walls of opposition to come down. It's time for the walls of harassment to come tumbling down in our lives. It's time for oppression and addictions and sickness and despair and defeat and loneliness. It's time for the walls to come down. It's time for financial strife to be ended. It's time for debts to be paid off. It's time for unsafe family and friends to be saved. It's time for children to come back to Jesus. It's time for the walls to come tumbling down. If you lift up the sun, I will pull down the serpents. Last Sunday evening, we had a probably one of the most significant church services in the history of Church Unlimited. We had a power cut. 
Never happened in 30 years. We've never had a service where the power didn't come back or wasn't on. So at 5.15, we started to pray for the power to be restored. We prayed. You should have been here. It was amazing. We prayed. We sang. We clapped. We made declarations. The power is coming back on. We exercised faith. We lifted up the sun, believing God will pull down the serpent. Well, we got to the start of the service, 6.03. Still no power. So instead of going home, I said, let's go. Let's do this thing. So we went into it, began to sing, and the musicians, singers did a great job with no sound, not proper sound anyway. We managed to get some stuff there going. And uh, it was amazing as we sang, the presence of God began to come into the place. And I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. And so we just, just sang. We just went on as if nothing had happened and, and as if there was power. It was getting pretty dark. People were putting on their torches and their phones were all coming on over the place. We're trying to shine the light on Gareth down here playing the, the, uh, the, um, the piano. It was, it, was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, but we're, we're still praying and believing God for the power to come on before the preaching was to start or the video we're going to show. Well, it didn't, didn't come back on. And as I was sitting there standing, I thought, God, help me. What do we do now? This is getting a little bit difficult. And he said, uh, get the church to pray for lost people, to pray for the ex-church to come back, and then give an altar call for salvation. I thought, well, let's go. So we started to pray. We started to pray for the souls to be saved. You know, I tell you, power. I tell you, power. There was power in the house. Then we prayed for the ex-church to come back to Christ. And the power went up to another level because that's something that God is about to do, bring the ex-church back into the house of God. And so then when it's getting, it's getting darker and darker, there's still no power. It must have been about quarter to seven by then. So I got up here, could not really see everyone very clearly, but we went and I said, let's bow your heads in prayer and let's, uh, let's go after the altar call. Gave an altar call and five young people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. There may have not been much natural power in the service, but I tell you, there was supernatural power in our midst. It looked like the devil was going to win, but he overstepped the mark, and we gave him a massive nosebleed by taking five lost people from the pits of hell and transferred them into the kingdom of God. He regretted and took his own demons to task and said, you should have never messed with Church Unlimited that Sunday night. Look what they've done to us. He probably won't mess with us again, I trust, anyway. So God didn't answer in the way we expected, but we still won a great victory. It was just amazing. So then I asked myself afterwards, would I have preferred that the power had come on in time for the service to go? And I thought, well, that would have been great because we would have felt we have power in prayer. We prayed through and bang, God gave the answer. And I thought that would have been awesome. So part of me said yes, but another part of me saw the huge victory and the souls being saved despite all the opposition that was thrown at us. And I weighed it up and I thought to myself, I think I would rather have had not had the power and been able to see that we could fight through the opposition. You know, like the devil threw everything at us, including the kitchen sink, and we whipped him. We defeated him, friends. And to me, that was almost like a greater victory. And in your life, you know, sometimes it may seem like everything is going south. It may seem like you are losing hands down. I say, hold your ground. I say, push on through, pray on through, because God can turn your mourning into dancing. 
God can turn what looks like defeat into a great victory. Isn't that the message of the cross? What looked like total defeat was a complete victory for the entire world, for salvation came to mankind. So I don't care how far the devil has knocked you down. He's, don't let him win the day. Don't quit. Don't give up. Keep lifting up the sun, and God can work all things together for good for them that love God. You know, the other thing that uh, this uh, thing taught me and showed me was the spiritual strength of Church Unlimited to push through opposition. I was proud of the church. I thought, wow, we have grown. We have made some progress. As I wrap up this series, I've only got a few minutes left. Campuses, I hope you're doing all right. hope you're going to lift up that sun and pull down some serpents in your region. I'm sure you can. Just so thankful and grateful for all our campus pastors, for Paul and Sally Ann up in Kaitaia, just doing such a great job. Don and Penny and the team there in Whangarei. We've got Matt and Alicia down in, in Rotorua, Rod and Delfina uh, over in Sydney. They're all tuned in today. Hey, let's give them all a big hand. A great job that they're doing. Thanks, guys. We're with you. We love you. Got your back. We're here for you. We mean that. Love you all. Thanks for helping spread the influence of Church Unlimited to reach this nation and the nations. Thank you for helping us build the kingdom of God across this land. I really do appreciate it. It's awesome. Love you guys. Thanks. Hey, just as I wrap it up, I've uh, only got a few minutes. just want to say a couple more things about surrender. James verse four, chapter 4, verse 5 says, Submit yourselves into God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We do need to submit to God in our lives if we want the devil to flee. That's surrender. Submission is surrender. You can't be living in compromise and lukewarmness and sin and all that sort of stuff, bad attitudes, unforgiveness, and expect the devil to flee. No, no. He's not going to flee. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Can I just mention a very practical aspect of surrender? Surrender in the workplace. You know, anybody can do a good job at a good job. But it takes surrender to God to do a good job at a bad job. Anybody can be nice to a nice boss. But it takes surrender to be nice to a bad boss. How's your boss? How's your job? See, all our jobs are an act of worship to God. In fact, everything we do is worship to God. I had an experience just a while ago. I've got to wrap this up, but it was really interesting. I was, uh, my grandson's name is Zach. He's five. And uh, about a month ago during my holiday, I was playing cricket, playing ball with him out the back there. And he loves hitting the, whacking the ball. He always hits it down the road, and I've got to go running down the road to find the jolly thing. I'd say, don't hit it that way. Hit it over this way. So then he hits it up on the roof, and the ball didn't come down. It was, it was a bit of a disaster. But anyway... I was, he's great, he's great fun, you know, I, I don't mind doing it, it's not the best pastime in my life. <laughs> don't tell him that, will you? But as I was playing with him, the Holy Spirit began to speak to me. This is what I thought, here I am, serving God. Here I am, worshipping the King. Here I am, achieving and being successful, playing with my five-year-old grandson. You see, friends, it's all worship. It's all serving. 
it's all surrender. Martin Luther King put it this way in terms of surrender in the workplace. If it falls your lot to be a street sweeper, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted pictures, like Shakespeare wrote poetry, like Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets so well that all the host of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, there lived a great street sweeper who swept his job so well. That's surrender. Not just giving your best when you're serving God in a spiritual context as such. That, not that there is such a thing like in a life group or youth or what. No, no, no. In the workplace. Surrender. Be the best employee in your office. Awesome, I need to do that. I've run out of time. Can I just say surrender means letting go idols? And idols, anything that gets in the way of being sold out for God, that hinders your pursuit of God, limits how much you can serve God. You can find out what your idols are very simply, all right? Just look at your bank statement. And look at your calendar. Where does your money go? Where does your time go? It will reveal it. Do it. It may shock you, but it may help you make some changes as well. Joshua 3, verse 5, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow I will do wonders among you. There's a call of the Spirit to a new level of surrender because God wants to do wonders in your life. He wants to do wonders in every campus. He wants to take your walk with Him to a higher level and leave you astounded. Why don't you ask God what surrender looks like for you? One thing, no more, maybe two. Two things that you adjust to go into a greater surrender. Because one decision, one change, one risk, one step is all it takes to step into a whole new life and to see more breakthroughs. And that time is now. I'm going to hand it back to the campus pastors. Thanks for joining us, everybody. God bless you. Take care. Enjoy the rest of your service.